Let's turn this morning to the book of Ephesians. We'll be in Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. As you know, we've been there in this chapter the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to be in Ephesians 2 again today. And likely for two more Sundays, uh, we'll see how the Lord leads in that direction. Uh, but today we'll look again in Ephesians chapter number 2. And I want to encourage you to be back in the service tonight. Uh, Lord willing, I'm planning on preaching on things to consider about Christ's return. The Bible tells us that Jesus is going to return. I believe he's coming back, and I believe uh, it will be soon. And so there's some things we should consider. And so I'll be preaching from the book of Revelation tonight. And so I want you to be here uh, in our service this evening. Ephesians chapter number 2, I'll begin reading with verse number 1. And I'll read down through verse number 10 this morning. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 2, uh, verse number 1. You follow along as I read this morning. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God." Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Two weeks ago, our message was from, was from verse number 8, for by grace are ye saved through faith. If you're saved this morning, it's through faith. There's only one way of salvation, that's through faith in what Christ has done. As I've reminded us the last two Sundays, I'll remind us again this morning, that word saved means something to the saved. It means something to those who've been saved from their sins, saved from the punishment of their sins. And it's by grace, that unmerited favor. You could not earn salvation. I could not earn salvation. No man can earn salvation. It's by the grace of God. Verse 9, as we looked at last Sunday morning, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's nothing that we can offer God to brag about. There's nothing good that we have done that he will accept as payment for sin. There's nothing uh, that we can have as far as salvation goes when it comes to works, and there's nothing that we can brag about. Today we're going to look at verse number 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This morning, I'm going to give us some practical truths, but some very important truths as we consider uh, that first part of verse number 10. For we are His workmanship. For we are His workmanship. Father, I pray this morning that you would use your word once again. Father, I'm reminded how faithful you are. You're faithful to Speak to your people. You're faithful to do a work through your word. You're faithful through your word. And Father, I pray that uh, we would be receptive to what you have for us today. 
And Father, for the saved this morning, those who have been redeemed, those who by grace through faith have come to their saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Father, may we be reminded of the truths in this verse and how important they are in the life of a Christian. And Father, for someone who has not been saved this morning, maybe they're depending on their works or church membership or something they've done in the past, may they be reminded, may they know, may they learn this morning that there's but one way for salvation, that's through Christ by faith. Father, I pray that your will would be done this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This verse, verse number 10, comes after uh, two very important verses in our Bible that reminds us of the grace of God reminds us of that unmerited favor, reminds us that salvation comes through faith in what Christ has done. One of the reasons, part of the reasoning of this is, one, there's only one way that one person that God would accept, but it just, from a logical standpoint, it makes sense that it's not works-based because then we could brag on ourselves. Because then it would be about us, it would not be about the Savior. Then it would be about what we've done, not about Calvary. It would make Calvary of no effect if we could provide our own salvation. As we come off of verse number 8 and verse number 9 and the importance of that and the doctrinal reminders that are found in those verses, we come to verse number 10 and we're going to see this morning, not, not just be reminded of the grace of God, but reminding, be reminded of His continuing work in our life. As we see that word workmanship, for we are His workmanship. Let me give you a simple definition this morning of the word workmanship. It is the skill of a workman or the execution or manner of making anything. Let me illustrate. I see Brother Tony Warden right over here, and uh, he made this pulpit. It took him three and a half years to finally get around to it, but uh, he, he made this pulpit. This pulpit is his workmanship. I stand behind it three times a week and preach the Word of God, but this pulpit is not my workmanship. It's his workmanship. That's why it's falling apart, but it's, it's, his, it's, his, it's his workmanship. It is, it, is, it is crafted by his hand. You could say that this pulpit is the workmanship of Tony Warden. It is something, it was from the skill of a workman. It was something that he took that was in pieces and he put together and made something useful, something that could be used. It is his workmanship was the execution of making this. There might be some out there that look at this pulpit and say, I could do that. I, and then the YouTube will show me how to do that. Well, that's, that's fine and dandy for you to say that, but that doesn't mean that it's ever going to get done. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the product, if you will, and it's the execution of making that. It's the, by the skill of a workman. I would dare say that those that are not carpenters this morning, if, if, I commission, if you were commissioned to build a pulpit, it probably would not be like this. It, it probably would look a little different. It probably would, it, it, and the reason why we have these blocks up here is to cover up his workmanship, by the way, but uh, 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 it, it, it would not, why? Because it is the skill of a particular uh, individual. 
we take that definition and the illustration, and, we, and the Bible says, for we are His workmanship. You think of the skill of a workman, the execution or manner of making anything. See, friend, we are His workmanship. We could not save ourselves. How many of you are saved this morning? Let me see your hand. That has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. Only He could take a sinner and cleanse him. Only He can take somebody bound for hell and give them a home in heaven. And friend, you and I need to be reminded uh, that everything that we are, everything good about us, Everything that has been done in our life is not of us, but is of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are His workmanship. I, as your pastor, I stand here today and I preach to you the Word of God. But I can take no credit, no glory for anything that God has done, that, that I've done, but it's all what God has done in my life because I'm His workmanship. Uh, every single one of you, many of you serve today in some capacity. And if you think back to what you were before Christ found you, the fact that you're even in church this morning, the fact that you're serving in some capacity, the fact that God has brought you as far as he has brought you is testimony to Christ and his workmanship. There's a danger when it comes to uh, us as Bible believers and we see what the Word of God does in our life. We get so far removed from what we were as a lost sinner that we sometimes fall in this trap of thinking, this is what I've done. I've done this and I've contributed to this. And yes, it does take some effort. It takes commitment. It takes dedication. It takes being steadfast. It takes determination. It takes never just quitting. It doesn't take perfection. But friend, all of us can say we are a product of what God has done. It'd be a good time this morning for us to take inventory of our life. Not look necessarily at how far we have to go or the things that are missing today, but look at how far God has brought us the good that God has done for us. What He's done in our life, what He's done in our home, what He's done in our family. For we are His workmanship. We could not save ourselves. We could not change ourselves. We are. It took the skill of a workman. What we are in, and, and that's why we live in this world, it's like, well, I'm just going to turn over a new leaf. Well, you're the workman then. You're, 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 the, you're the workman that's doing that skill. That's not going to be a very pretty leaf that's turned over. Well, I, I, need, to just, I, need, to see the, I need to dedicate myself and, and I should just make these decisions in my life. I'm all for trying to, to improve yourself, but you can only improve yourself as much as you can improve yourself. You can't cleanse your own heart. You, there's some problems you cannot overcome. But everything that we've been through, everything we've overcome, it's because of the workmanship of the Lord Jesus Christ. What we are is a result of His work in our life. See, I love church. I hope you love church. I love the fellowship. I love everything. I love the music. I really love the preaching. I mean, I, I love church. Boy, I get blessed every time I come to church. Because there's some things I know about some people in here that you don't know. And I see what God has done in their life. And I see how God has changed them 
and see what God has brought them from and see what God is, what they, with God's help they've overcome. And friend, we've got to be careful. We look at the, we see the failures of people and, and people see our failures, but we've got to be reminded what we are, where we are because of the grace of God. We are where we are because of His workmanship in our life. It's good for us to be reminded this morning of, of how far we've come. We'll not spend much time this morning because I'll spend more time in future weeks. But in verse number 2, Paul writes, Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world. I'm going to help some of you this morning if you'll let me. Every once in a while you need to stop looking at all your shortcomings and consider how far God's brought you in times past. In verse number 11, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. Boy, I've mentioned this to, to you before, and some of you, you can, can, can firsthand testify this even in the last seven days. There's been instances where I've said to you as your pastor, you need to consider some things. You're doing better than you think you're doing. Not necessarily because of what you've done in your own life, but because of what God has brought you from. And the victories that we have in our life are by the grace of God, because of the salvation we enjoy, because of the change that has taken place in our life. And at salvation, we are changed. And we'll look at this in another week, but verse number one reminds us that we've been quickened. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And through salvation, we are now made alive. And that is a work that only Christ could do. There are, 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 you think of, it's an easy testimony to look at somebody who lived a life of sin and they, they gave themselves to the devil in this world and, and, they, and they were in all the filth of this world and God miraculously saved them and brought them out of that and they can give a testimony and say, look what God brought me from. Look at what he's done in my life and we should all rejoice in that testimony. That's the testimony of many of you this morning. Oh, don't get away from the fact that the work that Christ did in your life. But can I flip the other side of that coin? There's a lot of testimonies in this morning of men and ladies and young people who've never given themselves to this world. God saved them at a very early age, and you ought to be thankful for that. I was saved as a child, and sometimes we look at the testimony of those that God saved out of the sewer, and we say, oh, praise God what God did in their life, and look at the workmanship of our Heavenly Father. But friend, let me tell you, if you're saved as a child as I was, there's so many things that God saved you from. It is still the work of God. It is still Him working in your life, for we are His workmanship. I remind us of those words in verse 8, by grace. That unmerited favor, the salvation we enjoy that we did not deserve. The good that we have in our life, in our home, that God has given us. And I know all of us can find something that we need today. All of us can find even good things that we'd like to have in our life today. But friend, let's, let's not lose the perspective of what God has done and what God is doing in our life by grace. This is what I want us to see this morning. The same grace that provided us salvation continues to work in our life. 
The same grace that provided us salvation continues to do a work in our life. I almost decided to do this this morning, but I decided not to. How many of you heard that kid's song, He's Still Working on Me? To make me what I ought to be. That's, isn't that a blessing to hear the kids sing that? But you know what? If you're in your, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, no matter where you are in life, it's good for you to sing that song too. Because he's still working on all of us. One thing that I think is missing in the lives of Christians today is is the the realization and the humility to acknowledge, I don't know everything that I I need to know. I'm not everything that I'm supposed to be. And we we go through our life and we we think as we look around and, and we assume what's going on in the life of other Christians, we say, I should be doing better. I should know better. God is still working in your life. The grace of God that saved you by that same grace is the same grace that's working in our life. It's the same grace that'll help us grow as a Christian. It's the same grace that'll help us to get over the hurdles that we face. It's the same grace that'll give us the wisdom that we need to be the right kind of a husband, the right kind of wife, the the right kind of a parent, the right kind of children we're supposed to be. It's the same grace that when failures come in life will help Help us grow through those things and become what God wants us to become. Make no mistake about it, no matter where you are in life, we ought to be growing towards our Savior. We are becoming more like Him. There are things in our life that God wants us to accomplish, and His grace must work in us to make us what He wants us to be. When God saved you, When you put your faith and trust in Christ, you didn't automatically become everything that you could be. But it's the same grace that provided us salvation continues to do a work in our life. I'm going to give you four truths this morning from verse number 10. Truth number one is this, the work began in Christ. For we are His workmanship. What a statement that Paul is making. He references what they were in verse number 2. In fact, they were dead in verse number 1. And now you're removed from that. You're you're part of this church at Ephesus. What a work God has done, for we are His workmanship. Notice the next few words, created in Christ Jesus. The church helps you, but the church did not create you. Because we're created in Christ. Christ Jesus, for by grace are you saved. The work that God is doing in our life began when we got saved. The work continues until we are in heaven. Christian, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. I was thinking about the, this this morning, that how long that I've been saved now. And time certainly goes by, and, 
in, in the decades that I've been saved now, and in, in, in the, the knowledge that through the years, and I'm thankful that I've grown up in a, a Christian home, and I've been in church my whole life, and I've been in the ministry for more than 20 years. I've, I've studied this book. There's a lot of knowledge that I have, but everything that is in me, it, none of it mattered until I trusted Christ as my Savior as a child. That is when it began. That's why mom and dad, keep your children in a gospel preaching church. Keep your children underneath the preaching of the Word of God. The sooner that work starts, the better off that child is. The sooner that work starts in their life, the better off they're going to be. The sooner that they are converted and become a child of God, the longer that God has to do His work in His life. And by the way, friend, if you're not saved this morning and you never trusted Christ as your Savior, won't you let God get started on you today? Why don't you give your heart to Him? And why don't you give your will to Him? And why don't you just admit what, what is true? And we all know that we're all sinners on our way to hell. And the only way that we can escape that is by putting our faith and trust in Christ. Amen. The work began in Christ. When we got saved, all was done that was necessary for our salvation. We spent some time on this. I'll not re-preach it this morning. We're going through the Great Commission. Salvation is what, or baptism is what you do after you get saved. It's not what you do to get saved. Becoming part of God's church and serving through His church is what you do after you get saved. It's not what you do to be saved. When we get saved, <clears throat> we got saved, all was done that was necessary for our salvation. However, we're still flesh. We did not receive a glorified body or mind when we got saved. But at salvation, that work began. And let me just revisit a point I made a while ago. There's a lot, and this is, this is God's grace. There's a lot of people in this building this morning. You were saved young. You've been in church pretty much your whole life. You're bringing your children in church this morning. If that's your testimony, don't get away from what God has kept you from. The work that He's done in you. Oh, and don't get to the place. Well, I know as much as the preacher, and I know as much, you don't know as much as God. And He's the one doing the work on you, in you. The work began in Christ. God began a work at salvation. Number two. Look with me again in verse number 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Notice these next few words. Why did He create us? Unto good works. It, salvation was not by good works. But we are His workmanship. We're a product of His work. We were created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Statement number two is this. The work in us should produce fruit. We, our, our works did not get us salvation, but because we're saved, there should be fruit of our salvation. There should be some good works that comes out of that. Well, it's just not my nature. If He works on you, it'll become your nature. Well, I just don't think I could ever serve like others do with their church. You let Him work on you, you can. You let Him do His work in you, you can. Well, I don't ever think I could be a witness. You let Him work on you, you can be a witness. It should produce fruit. 
I would reference you to the fruit of the Spirit, the things that can come only by the Spirit of God. Let me make this statement this morning. When we think of the work in us should produce fruit, that that phrase, unto good works, just as we are not saved of ourselves, we are not saved for ourselves. Let me say that again. Just as we are not saved of ourselves, we are not saved for ourselves. We have the benefit of being saved, the fact that our sins are forgiven, and we'll never have to spend a moment in a devil's hell. But He saved us and He's working on us. We're His workmanship. He's not doing that for us. He's not doing that just so we can sit back and say, look at who I am. Just so we can look down our nose and look at those who have, who have not been redeemed and those who are not saved. No, He is doing. We're not saved for ourselves. We're saved under good works. We're not saved by good works, but we are saved to do good works. I'm not asking you to raise your hand right this moment, but if you're saved this morning, is your life producing good works? I'm glad that we can all testify and say, once saved, always saved. I'm glad that we can testify this morning. I had nothing of any value to offer God, but He saved me anyway by His grace. Boy, I'm thankful that when He was on the cross, I was on His mind. What work is he doing in in your heart, in your life, that's producing good works? We make the analogy, you couldn't stack all of your works up on one end of the scale and tip it in your favor when it comes to salvation. But after salvation, what works are you producing? Christians should produce good works. There should be good that comes from us. Our words should be used for good. Our abilities should be used for good. Our lives should be used for good. There are things that we should, we should better this world we live in because we are a child of God. There should be more grace. There should be more mercy. There should be more kindness. There should be more love. There should be all of these things as a product of our life. What are you producing? If He works on you, The reason we are His workmanship and the reason that we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The work in us should produce fruit. As a child of God, one of the goals you should have is what fruit shows from your life as a Christian. What fruit? What benefit? What good works? Number three, we see that phrase again, creating Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained. God always knew that He would send His Son to pay for our sin. Before the world was ever fashioned, He knew He would provide a means of salvation. He knew what that means would be. But I also believe there's an application here. As He makes us, He's made us and is making us His workmanship. As that same grace that saves us continues to work in our life, I remind us this morning that God would not command us or challenge us to do something that He would not give us the ability to do. 
Think back to when you trusted Christ as your Savior. And if you can't think back to a time, we'll deal with that in a few moments. It may be because there's never been a time. But when you think back to when you trusted Christ as your Savior, whether you were young or whether you were old, when you think back to that moment and you put your faith in Christ, as we saw in the Sunday school lesson this morning, we're justified. The Jesus' record became our record. Think back to that moment when that happened, you did not become perfect. In some instances, a wife will pray for her husband to get saved, and he gets saved, and they may look at him, then she looks at him funny and is like, why, why won't you still take out the, the trash? Because he's not perfect. Or vice versa, a, a, a child may pray for their parent to get saved, and when they get saved, they're not perfect. Just like you did not get a perfect body, a perfect mind. But we are to be, be striving to become like Christ who is perfect. Knowing that in this flesh we can never attain it. But friend, you and I today, if you could look back, and, and if you've been saved longer than an hour, a few hours, you and I ought to be able to say we're further away from what we were and more like our Savior. That's part of the work that He's doing in us. Don't miss this, please. Statement number three, God has given us the tools to continue the work in us. God hath before ordained. He knew He would send His Son. He knew for that believer who's bound in that flesh. There, as I do a work in them, I'm going to need to give them the tools so that that work can be done in them. So what are the tools? Well, I would say that God is, as God has begun a work in us, He wanted to make a way for Him to continue to do the work in us. What has He done? He's given us the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, 9 through 11, the Bible says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. It reminds us of the Spirit of God and what we have in salvation. But I take you back to John chapter number 14. As Jesus said those words to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He, he, goes, he goes on to tell them that he's making, preparing a place for them. He tells them that he, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know the, you know the account in Scripture. The disciples, they're, they're distraught. How are we going to know the way? What are we going to do? And he reminds them, I'm leaving, but there's another coming. I will not, I shall not leave you comfortless. He's leaving this you the Spirit of God. I don't have time this morning, but reference after reference after reference in the gospel, God, uh, Jesus references the Spirit being with them. As we get into to other books in the New Testament, we're reminded that we have the Spirit of God in us. 
There's the fruit of the Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that He has given us. He helps us to continue to do that work in us. If you're saved this morning, the Spirit of God quickens you as we saw in verse number 1 of this chapter. He dwells in you. The more you yield to Him, the more that work will continue to be done in your life. See, just as salvation is available to every man, becoming more and more of His work is available to the saved. Why aren't, let me just put it two ways this morning, you, no matter who you are and where you're at, God can't do a work in you. If you're saved, He can change you. Matter of fact, He's working on you now. It's not going to happen overnight, but you can have victory. You can be changed. You can, you can become tender towards the things of God. You can become more like Christ. But it's the Spirit of God that's going to do that work in you. Likewise, why are some Christians not more like their saviors? Because when God ordained before the, the foundation of this world, He knew He was going to give us Christ. He knew He would give us the Spirit to help us do what we could not do ourselves. It means you're grieving the Spirit. It means you're resisting the Spirit means you're disobeying the Spirit. But you can have that work in your life. Not only does He give us the Spirit, He's given us the Word of God. Yep. Psalms 119, verse 89, Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. Yep. Man can debate down here whether or not the Bible is true. It's settled in heaven. Amen. It's settled. Christian, you want your life to be changed. You want to see God do a work in your life. You cannot do it without the Word of God can't. But if you will yield to the Word of God, if you'll read the Word of God, if you'll study the Word of God, you meditate on the Word of God, you obey the Word of God, He'll, He'll change you. He'll change you. But we must have the Word of God so that that work can continue to be done in us. In us, He has given us what we need to continue to work in us. You know, you can grow. Don't make it more complicated than God has decreed it. If you're saved, are you saved this morning? You got the Holy Spirit in you. You have a Bible? Then you have what you need. Well, it's just not my person. You have what you need. Well, I don't have the background you have. You have what you need. Well, I just don't have the support system. You have what you need. How much more support do you need? Your Heavenly Father, the Spirit of God that dwells within you, the Word of God that is, that is, that is unchangeable, that, is, that, that, that is always, will always stand, that will never lead you astray, will give you the strength. He's given us what we need. Friend, that's why, don't, don't fall prey to this world. Well, we got to do it this way and this way. No, it's by the Word of God. It's by the Spirit of God that you can be changed. If you want to be His workmanship, you have your tools. You have the ability to do it through those tools. He's given you His Spirit. He's given you the Word of God. I conclude with this very quickly. Number four, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God saves you with a purpose. What is that purpose? Number four, the work is done so we can glorify God. If you're saved this morning, I already asked you, are you producing good works? If you're saved this morning, are, are you glorifying God? Pastor, I praise Him. 
don't mean, that's good. But that we should walk in them. Praising without doing isn't getting you very far. Matter of fact, God looks at it as it as insincerity. You know, it's, you know, you're, 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 people, somebody wants to tell you, well, I love you, I love you. And if they keep wronging you, do they really love you? Um, we should walk in them. Grace allows us to walk in his precepts and instructions so we glorify him. You know why you need to yield to the Spirit of God and to the Word of God so God can change you, so you can glorify God? Well, I glorify Him in my own way. God calls that blasphemy. By the way, this world says, well, I glorify God or I way. God says that's blasphemy. God, who's the object of worship, decides how He wants to be worshipped. And in the life of a child of God, that grace allows us. There are some things, please don't miss this. There are some things in this Bible that God tells us to do that you cannot do on your own. You can't. There are some things that God expects of us that you do not have the ability to do. But through God's grace, as He continues to work in your heart and life, you can do what He's commanded you to do. It's His Word. It's His Spirit. I conclude with reading 2 Corinthians 12, 9. As many of you would recognize that reference, Paul has asked God to remove a thorn from His flesh. There was a hindrance, a physical hindrance. But I think this verse applies as well to what I'm talking about this morning. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. My grace is sufficient for thee. You know, as, and I'll use my testimony if you'll permit me this morning. As I was saved as a child, as you know. I was called to preach when I was six years of age. Very, very clear as a child, having an understanding that that's what God wanted me to do with my life. But I had to come to the place in my life when it was time for me to do what God has called me to do. I was faced with the reality that I did not feel that I could do it. Even to this day, as I've been your pastor 10 years, there are days it's like, God, did you see who's in my congregation today? I mean, who's texting me now? I use a little humor with that. But how in the world can a man with all of his limitations preach a message to help hundreds of people at the same time? He can't. How can he bear the burdens that are necessary? He can't. Unless the workman creates his workmanship. And nobody who's saved today can say they're not the workmanship of Christ. 
because it, we are created in Christ Jesus. I want us to be reminded of that today. If you're not saved, you have to be saved by putting your faith and trust in Christ. Church can't save you. Baptist preacher can't save you. And if the Baptist preacher can't save you, the Pope certainly can't save you. You cannot be saved but through Christ. But I want to speak to the heart of every Christian this morning. What is it that you are limiting yourself and what God could do with you by not yielding yourself to His grace? That same grace that saves you will continue to work and continues to work in your heart and your life. You know, one day we are going to leave this world behind. And one day we'll have a glorified body. A glorified mind. We'll be like Christ. But until then, we're bound by this old flesh. We're bound by our limitations. Pastor, what are we going to do? Remember who's working on you. I'll go back to my illustration, and then we'll have our invitation to the pulpit. The first time I saw it, it looked like this. But it didn't always look like this. This is a beautiful piece of furniture, if you will. It didn't always look like this. There were times when it was in pieces, and if I had seen it, I'd have been like, Hurry, somebody go order another one. I mean, it's, it's, it, I, don't, I don't see how it's ever going to be. But if you're a craftsman, you know where it's going. It's just not there yet. And if you can make that application to your own life, some of you right now, you're, it's just the base. Well, how could, what, what good is that? God's not done with you yet. So, so yield to the Spirit of God. Follow the Word of God. He's not done with you yet. Well, it's all together, but it, but it, but it looks ugly. Well, he, had, he hadn't put the paint. He hadn't put the, the varnish on it. He hadn't sanded all that down. He hadn't put the fine touches on it yet. But he's still working on it. And when it's done, it will be a testimony to the skill of the workman. And friend, there's none of us in here today that can say God's done with us. God's through with us. And friend, God's still trying to knock off the rough edges. He's, he's still, you know, being, having that sanding done is not always fun. And waiting on the paint to dry, that's not always fun. And, and when is the workman going to come? And when is he going to put the pillars on there? And when is he going to put the, 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 on top of the base? And when is all of that going to happen? Just be patient and wait on the Lord and realize he's working on you. He's still working in your life. There's still more he wants to do with you. And when it's all said and done, it'll be, wow. Look what the workman did. Look what he accomplished. Along the way, it was just some lumber and some pieces of wood, but when it's all together, it's obvious somebody knew what they were doing. And friend, when it comes to our life, if we let God continue to work on us by His grace, there'll be nothing that can be said but... All glory goes to God. 
because only God could take the little I had to offer. And because He knows what He knows me, He created me. He knows that I need this work and this work and this work. And when He puts it all together, there's a use, and the workman must be acknowledged. Would you let God continue to work in your life today? He's still working on me. Matter of fact, if we had this mindset about ourselves, we had it about other people, we'd be a little more patient with one another. Because he's still working on all of us. Father, I pray you'd use your word this morning. May the same.